Hey guys, this is Mike Mahaffey, the old bastard BJJ guy, here for BJJ Mental Models. Back in my day, we had to walk uphill in the snow both ways to get to the academy just to learn some crappy technique from a random purple belt. You kids have it so easy, because now you can just subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium and get tons of great audio courses to learn new techniques, enhance your mindset, and entertain yourself. You can even get personalized rolling reviews from some of your favorite BJJ Mental Models coaches, including me. It's like having your own seminar, you spoiled little whippersnappers. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium right now, get off my lawn, and go train. Hey, welcome to BJJ Mental Models, episode 69. I'm Steve Kwan. I'm Matt Kwan. BJJ Mental Models is your guide to a conceptual and intelligent jiu-jitsu approach. <laughs> 69. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of maturity out of this episode because we decided that being episode 69, we cannot miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So, of course, <laughs> this episode has to be about north-south position. There's really just no other topic that we can do on episode 69. Yeah. Yeah. The people demand maturity from us. <laughs> so we have to, you know, deliver on that maturity that everyone wants. Um so this is actually, all jokes aside, all terrible jokes aside, this is actually something that we've been thinking about doing for a while, which is digging deeper into a specific concept, like a specific position or even a specific submission. It, normally on this show, we talk about higher level ideas, principles, strategies, philosophies. But a question that we get a lot is, can you give some examples? Can you talk about like, how exactly would you do this in practice? And I think one of the best ways to do that is to pick a position and to really deep dive into how that position works, why it's good, why it's bad, what's uh, what mental models apply there. And that should hopefully bridge the gap between the things you do on the floor versus the things that we talk about here on the show. So 69, of course, is as good a time as any to talk about north-south, also known as the barbecue position. Why is that? Because you are putting your meat on the other guy's grill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so that, I love telling that joke to white belts because they always find it really, really funny. Because of course we're all very, very mature adults in the jujitsu community. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of almost consider uh, the north-south position to almost be like a, in a way, it's a variation of side control, just because it yeah. kind of bridges the two sides of side control together. Yeah, what's in interesting is I think if you were to ask most people to categorize it, I think most people would tell you that north-south is a variant of side control. But I kind of feel like it's really its own thing. It has a lot of strengths to it that you don't see if you're just playing side control. And you have a lot of mobility. And even within north-south itself, there are different variants of north-south that we should probably talk about here on the show. And mm -hmm. I mean, as much as people like to complain about how bad it sucks to get stuck in side control, getting stuck in north-south is like a hundred times worse because you can't really use your legs for much. Um, your opponent has so much mobility, your, your neck and your arms are always at risk. And of course, you've probably got the guy's genitals hovering about an <laughs> inch away from your mouth. So all of these things combined, it's a very unpleasant position to get yourself stuck in. Yeah, there's a, it's, it's a really tough position. And like you mentioned, the guy is usually so mobile on top. Like he can, he can play that really low type of north-south game. That's the kind of game I prefer where you basically do put your, your head over the guy's abdomen, like basically over his groin. 
Um, and, and so also your groin is on top of his face. And then, um, you know, any way that he turns, he gives you something. So he's either going to expose his back or is he's going to expose a lever. It's really hard for the person on the bottom to create movement without, um, without giving you something to work with anyways. And just the fact that the person on top is so mobile, it makes it such a strong transitionary position. So I'm a big fan of uh, North-South for sure. Me too, me too. So there's really, I would say, two main variants of North-South. There is the choke variant, which is if you envision a North-South choke, you're kind of almost chest to chest on the guy and you're usually sprawled out on top of him. That's where you would attack something like the North-South choke. And then there is the full barbecue position where you are literally 69ing on top of the person. The main functional difference is that if you're sprawled out on the person in a choking position, normally you have control of their head, but their arms are somewhat free. Whereas if you're on top of them in a barbecue position, I think in judo, they actually call it like the four corners pin, which is way more elegant than calling it the 69 or the the barbecue (laughs) position. But that variant where you're basically kind of like 69ing on top of the person, um, that has the benefit of not only being able to control their head, but you've also got their arms locked down pretty good too. And you have the ability to control their hips. Now, Mm -hmm. that proves especially important because although I wouldn't call it a great escape, some people are like spider monkeys. And if you're sprawled down on them in the choking position, some guys are able to basically backflip their way out of that Mm -hmm. and get onto your back. And it's always super embarrassing when that actually happens. Yeah. There's always that one guy in the gym who's super flexible. Yeah. Or a 10th planet. It's everyone. (laughs) Everyone can do that, right? Yeah. So uh, that's something that you have to be aware of if you're sprawled out in the choking position. But if you go up to the full barbecue position, then very, very hard to do that effectively. Yeah. No, I, I, I like to go to north-south pretty much every time I um, every time I pass the guard, I consider going to north-south just because it really... I find in that position, I can stay ahead of the defense really well. Like if my partner is going to try and re-guard, I'm in a better... I, I can see everything happening in front of me. Whereas in side control, sometimes your partner, if they have a really slick guard, they can pummel their foot inside to a butterfly hook or trap your leg in a half guard or something like that. So I find just going all the way around kind of denies your opponent the access to your legs. Yeah. Really, really like that aspect of it. And for no gi, when you can't really take grips and hold your opponent down easily, it's such a crucial transitionary position. Yeah, I agree 100%. If you try to pass someone's guard and then just settle inside control, that's actually really hard to do, especially against someone who's good. I know when you're junior at jiu-jitsu, it feels like side control is just the worst and it's inescapable. But once you get more experienced, you actually realize it's pretty easy to get out of it as long as you don't burn your energy and you just keep on moving. And I find that against good guys, it's really hard to hold them inside control because they're just so squirmy. They'll, they'll shrimp, they'll frame, and then they're back out right away. So a very common strategy now is rather than going to side control, people basically just keep on going. They'll go right through to north south in some cases they'll even go right through and go all the way around to side control on the other side which Mm -hmm. has the benefit of opening up the person's back if they made the mistake of shrimping towards you and leaving their arm exposed because then when they shrimp towards you you can grab them and you can lock them in that position and then when you do a 180 and you transition through north south and then you go to side control on the other side if you've got their arm you can hold them so that they're still looking away from you and that opens up their back pretty good Mm -hmm. yeah like uh 
for for more of the lower lower ranked people listening, I think if uh, the top spin is a really important drill to have, just being able to transition from one side control to the other, because you're going to find yourself in that position. That, you know, you're going to go against guys that start to wrestle up with an underhook and try and try and get on top from bottom side. It's just natural natural type of escape movement so having that top spin is such an important position and a lot of the time when your partner is turtling they'll expose their back or they will give you like access to a kimura or something like that so really strong position north south um i i had uh, an issue recently where you know i i didn't usually put my forehead down on their groin because obvious gross reasons <laughs> but it is super effective i i would i, I was playing a lot of north south where i'd put my head down next to their hips as a as a frame against one of their hips and then my hand on the other side and uh, what i'd find is against really flexible guys they'd be able to sort of scoot down and then invert and take try and take your back right that's where that happens so annoying so embarrassing when that happens so um an adjustment you can make if you have that problem is literally put your head over their groin or more elegantly put their belt uh because that's going to prevent them from the inversion over your shoulder and and getting their hooks in and whatnot because that is a real threat like you know not everyone can do that move and not every not every north south can you do that move but it can happen especially mm-hmm. if your opponent's really flexible you can kind of scoot down and i think that's one of the one of the main ways you can escape that position is start to do the uh i mean i refer to it as the mechanic going under the car you know it's kind of like the forward shrimping motion to scoot yourself down but that essentially will work to escape your 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 body positioning so you can get your hooks back in and get your get your frames back yeah you got to be careful with that inversion where they basically like jump up and go around and take your back because normally when you're or when you're the guy on top in a dominant position it's not easy for the guy to get to your back that really sucks like if you were in this incredibly dominant position and you managed to lose it and as a result not only has the guy gotten out or reversed but he's actually gotten onto your back that's definitely definitely bad news i'm not totally against the variant of north-south where you sprawl down on the guy and you go for like a north-south choke i mean the problem i've had with that is that the guy has so much mobility because you're just pinning their head they can still scooch one way or the other way they can still hand fight you they can get their hands in and use them as frames so i find that it's actually very hard to just hold a person there Mm -hmm. and i similarly find it's very hard to finish the north-south choke because while you're trying to turn to cut the corner, because, you know, with the north-south choke, normally you sprawl back and then you kind of turn your body to the side. Usually the other guy, because you're not really restraining him very well, he can kind of just sort of Homer Simpson and <laughs> walk along the floor in a circle and follow you and it makes it challenging. Whereas if you actually get up and go for the full like 69 position it's a lot harder for the guy to move and now in addition Mm. to just having that choke you've got you know you've got arm locks you you have like the triangle choke you can even do some weird ass leg locks from there so it's a much more dangerous position i think the mistake a lot of people make with north south is that position is so iconic because of the north south choke that that's all people think about and they get obsessed with that move but that's probably like unless you're like Jeff Munson or something, that's probably like one of the lower percentage submissions from North-South because most people uh, will probably find better luck going for Kimuras for that position or triangles from that position. Yeah, North-South choke is, uh, it's a move that I do need to work on. I, n- I know Marcelo's re- released a bunch of stuff recently on the North-South choke. Of course, Marcelo's got his butterfly guard DVD out. I mean, it took fucking too long to have that out you should have put that out like a year or uh, 10 years ago mm-hmm. the, but now i mean if you want to learn butterfly guard you you learn it from the master right marcelo garcia but he he released a video recently on the north south choke um 
really in depth with the north south choke and it's it's a move that i need to work more and more because i think you're right like i instead of going for north south i usually do look for the back more Mm -hmm. i kind of use that position to cook my opponent and try and find other positions but north south is is no joke man like that that is a real move i have a few buddies that use it pretty frequently so i think that hopefully when this virus thing goes over we get back to training i can hone that that uh that move a little bit more. Yeah, I have found that one thing about North-South that does make it annoying is it doesn't matter how junior your opponent is. If they get you in North-South, like, you're in a legitimate trouble. I mean, if I'm sparring with, like, a white belt or a blue belt and I, you know, I give them mount... I'm not really remotely concerned. If I if I give them my back, I'm a little bit more concerned. But from you know, when when there's a big experience gap, usually you can feel pretty safe in those positions because you know what you're doing. But north south man, there's like it's so hard to move. There's so much stuff that the other guy can do that if you get in that position, it doesn't matter if you're way bigger than the other person. It doesn't matter if you're way more experienced. You do not want to be the guy on bottom in north south. It's very very hard to defend from that position. Yeah, uh, one of my strategies on top is similar to my strategy when I have my opponent mounted, and that's literally like put your bare chest on their face or Mm -hmm. bare (laughs) belly on their face. It's just such an annoying pressure. Uh, That's a real thing, man, like getting your your mouth and your nose covered and... It's demoralizing and gross and uh, hard to move and hard to breathe, especially hard to breathe. I think if if your partner is wearing a gi or, you know, the cloth is in your face or if they're fat and hairy, it's really not a pleasant situation to be stuck in. Yeah. And I've, I've, I find in nogi, you know, when it, it can be difficult sometimes to to get in certain passing positions, it's a really good position to go to north south. Because usually against a high level opponent, they'll keep moving, and then that op- allows you to open up other stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I find in the gi, I like the butthole grip. You like that one? The butthole grip. You know, where you like reach around the guy's hip and then grab the the seam underneath his his butt crack. You oh, like grip? the wedgie grip, the wedgie grip. Um, I, that's not Is really that what my thing. It? That's just I, I'm calling it that now. I don't know. That's that's not really my thing. I mean, it's it's not the most fun thing, but if you get that, it's so hard to get out. It's like a taint grip, basically. It basically is. Yeah, that's no, good. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the one thing that people probably will struggle with in North-South when they're the ones on top is it can be hard to figure out how do you attack this guy? Because normally when you get North-South on someone probably what's going to happen is they're going to turtle up on you, right? Um, they're, well, not not like pull turtle, but I mean like they're going to shell up. They're going to make it very, very hard to get access to their neck or get access to their hands. And that's one of the unique things about North-South is that even when you're the guy on the bottom, you can still keep your alignment to some degree. You can keep your arms in, you can protect your neck to some extent, and you have pretty good base because you can you, your feet are totally free. So even if you're the person on the bottom in North-South, you can still move around a lot. And a challenge that I think a lot of people have in terms of, okay, how do I actually dominate from this position is, how do I break the person's alignment? Um, the benefit to other types of dominant positions, like the mount or the back or even side control or knee on belly, the benefit there is that you are basically cutting your opponent's body in half, right? You, you're completely breaking the elbow-knee connection. And that's part of what allows you to hold those positions. But in North-South, in a lot of situations, it's kind of hard to do that um, because there's usually not much preventing your opponent from like getting their elbows and their knees together and shelling up. So they can actually keep alignment pretty well. That's one of the reasons why 
I think if you're going to attack from north-south, it's good to move towards kind of that four corners, like barbecue position pin, because then you can put your elbows down, like in the person's armpits, and then they can't get their elbows and their knees back together. Because if you let them do that, they can turtle, they can shrimp. Um, It's a really common way to get out of that position. Yeah, the way I look at who is safe in the north-south position, because you're right, like the person on the bottom... um, I'm not saying like, obviously you can do funky triangles and stuff from there, but it's probably not super likely. You're probably on the defensive. So I think the, what dictates sort of who's in, you know, in in a better position than the other person is just who has inside position. So if the person on top has their elbows in the armpits, like Steve mentioned, then they're effectively taking the inside position and uh, separating the person on the bottom's arms from their body. Whereas uh, if the person on the bottom has the inside position, then they'll be able to get their knees to their elbows. Their arms won't be isolated. Um, you know, they're going to have a way easier time inverting and the person on top won't be able to expose their arms as levers. So it's really it's really important to think about uh, pummeling in this in this situation on the on the floor. Not so much, you know, usually when you hear pummeling, you think about leg pummeling you think about pummeling and wrestling like standing positions but a big part of what gordon does with his passing and and his positioning is who has the inside position because Mm -hmm. essentially once you take the inside position you really start to isolate corners of your opponent's body and you start to isolate levers as well yeah doing that is what is going to cut your opponent's body in half from north south if you don't take the inside position meaning basically you use your arms and your elbows and you wedge them like into your opponent's armpits if you don't do that there's really nothing cutting their body in half and they can rotate around they can do that ridiculous backflip and take your back they can turtle it's going to be really really difficult to control them but as soon as you actually put something like a wedge in there so that they can't do that and they can't get their elbows and their knees kind of closer together it restricts their motion and their movement so yeah inside channel pummeling is something that you definitely do from north south um, the other thing too that's interesting with north south is in the gi you can do inside channel pummeling from the underneath like you can reach under the person's armpits and you can grab the gi- like the lapels from underneath like a backpack and then you can just pull them up and take their back which is one of my favorite things yeah. to do from that position yeah I, I like that a lot i like those the collar grips under the armpits because there's really nothing the guy can do like it's such a strong position you can you basically just deadlift them into the back position uh so hard to get out of yeah that and that's sort of the thing with the gi is once those grips are established by just by proxy even if the person's really explosive it's very difficult to control them right yeah so, especially from that north south position like it's it's really really hard mm-hmm. yeah no and um yeah i i, I feel like uh like north south is kind of a, a, it could be a missing piece to a lot of people's games especially if they're struggling with side control and stuff like that like we, mm-hmm. we were mentioning about pummeling the inside position and isolating arms another thing marcelo shows is if you're fighting someone and you have let's uh, let's say side control for example, and they have the inside position, so you 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 have not achieved the inside position, like you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have frames and wedges inside of your opponent's armpits because they're just doing a really good job of shelling up. He says that's when he starts attacking the neck because usually the neck at that point will be. Uh, exposed like the head will be exposed because the partner is trying so hard not to let you access their arms as levers so that's when he usually dives on the north south so Mm -hmm. that was kind of a cool takeaway you know if your partner uh like how rob says takes their ball and goes home then you're able to just attack the neck right away another thing i like to do when they're when people are shelled up 
if I can't get the inside position is I like to pop up to a knee ride. Like definitely, I think, definitely. Knee, I think neon belly from North South is just, it goes hand in hand and, um, not just neon belly, but, uh, reverse neon belly and also known as like neon neck. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think, I actually think that that's slightly different because reverse neon belly, you could also put your knee, the opposite knee in the same position, but neon neck is, I definitely use a lot. Like yeah. knee, basically neon shoulder slash chest area. That's a great position Got because it. because usually when you go there, it immediately opens up the neon belly. Yeah, that that's what I do. So if I'm like on top in north-south and the guy's just giving me nothing, like he's basically, you know, he's got his arms tucked, his, his head tucked. He's not even really trying to get out of there. He's just content if he survives. One of the things I'll do is I'll pop up to reverse neon belly, which basically means you've got like it, the way that I'm, I'm doing it in particular, you've kind of got your knee like on top of the guy's neck or his shoulder. And that will almost always force a response where they have to turn back towards you and then from there you can easily transition into regular neon belly and the arms start to become exposed and so mm-hmm. um usually when someone is in a position like north south one of the ways that you can force them to open up is by creating movement on top um if this is one of the unique benefits of north south because if you're on say the person's back if they shell up you can't really create that much movement because you're sort of tied to the person and they might even be on top of you. But from north-south, if the person is really, really shelled up, if you just transition back and forth to side control, the neon belly, it makes it very challenging for them to keep their alignment while you're doing that. Yeah, and you have the, you have gravity on your side, so you can just like knee ride them. Yeah, you, you can, can be as grind, mean as you want with the knee ride. Just grind them into the mat. Yeah, it's really unpleasant. Like that neon shoulder where you drive your shin and knee cap into their neck is so effective because yeah. it just redirects their face they can't they can't even see what's going on down below because your your knee is in the way and then from there you can so much stuff opens up from there that's such a strong position yeah so i i mean i would generally suggest if you're playing with someone who is very defensive from north south that's probably the single best way to actually get them to open up is to just take advantage of the fact that from that position you have a lot of mobility and you can move from position to position and another thing to remember is that I mean, although you get points for passing the guard, you don't get points for north-south. I mean, theoretically, you've already got them. But if you transition a lot and then you transition to neon belly, that is points. And then from there, it's pretty easy most of the time to get to mount. And that's a lot of points. So that's another reason why transitions are so important to keep in mind from that position. Like really the the power of side control and north-south is mobility. It's It's not so much about weight. That's a mistake that I made for a long time is I thought side control and north-south were all about just being heavy. That's part, that's part of it. But the most important advantage of those positions is you have a massive mobility advantage over your opponent combined with having gravity on your side. Mm-hmm. And one of the main problems you'll find when you go to north-south on someone is they're going to immediately start framing away and trying to make space mm-hmm. and try and get their knees and elbows back together like we mentioned. So a um, couple of things that have helped me a lot is where you keep your head and like we already talked about you know you can put your head on the floor you can put your head over their over their uh junk you can uh you can be a little bit further back where your head is in like a north south choke position i find um just making sure that you keep your head and shoulders below their knee line when they're trying to bring their knees back to their elbows like if your head is above their knees then they're going to get their knees inside they're going to get their knee to elbow connection but if you keep your head low that that's 
it's really hard for your opponent to get knee elbow connection. Well, it also makes it a lot harder to get inadvertently clipped in the head, which is something that's that you, true too. That's really, yeah, that, that is something you need to think about. Like let's not even get into self-defense. Obviously this is applicable for self-defense too, but if you are uh, even in a, but you can bite your dick off, <laughs> but, but like even in a friendly training environment or a competition, if the guy is really scrambly, you, you do have to think about the odds of getting clipped in the head with, with the person's knee. If your head is really low to the person, then it's very hard for them to do that. And in fact, it may not even be possible in a lot of cases for the person to knee you in the head. That's so true, yeah. that's that's one of the advantages to keeping low. Um, and the, the problem with keeping low from like the, the choking position, the north-south choke, is usually the guy can get his hands in there and can establish frames. Whereas if you're up in the more barbecue-ish position, it's, <laughs> it's actually pretty hard for them to do that because their hands are no longer right in front of your face, right? Their junk is in front of your face. And as far as I know, it's hard to frame with your junk. So, so that's usually a better position for your head to be in, you know, once you can get past the social awkwardness of the whole thing. Yeah, unless you're full, full erect, then it's <laughs> yeah. easier to create a frame. Yeah. Then, then, it, then it comes down to like size and, and, and girth. girth. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I guess in that case, you could use it as a frame. And honestly, it would probably be effective enough that it would stop the roll entirely. But uh, that's right. <laughs> that, in, in the normal case, that's not a good frame. Yeah, it, that, that was a good point you brought up about how you get clipped because that is such a real thing. And, yeah. and in terms of head positioning, like keeping your head low where it's not of uh, it's not physically possible to be struck. And that happens in other positions too. Like when that happens in so many different positions, like uh, like a, even a reverse um, like a reverse side control, you could get smashed in the face with a knee. Or if you even if you're on the, the your partner's back, you know, if your if your head is not. Uh, beside your partner's head they could totally throw a head ba- headbutt backwards you know it's yeah. just not a and it's just more effective to have your head next to your partner's head in that position so yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good point um so on the i mean on the topic of head position which we talked about quite recently this is a situation where head position is critically important in a lot of other positions head position is important, but it's not necessarily the key factor. In Mm -hmm. north-south, head position is one of the most important things. That's right. And the reason why is because just due to the fact that you guys are inverted on each other, your head is kind of going to be the primary target for the person. Um, And it's going to be very easy for them to get their their elbows, their hands right up into your face. Um, That's actually one of the things that makes north-south hard to hold, is if the person is able to get their, their elbows and hands in and use them as frames and basically like elbow your face away it's very hard to just continue to pressure them so head position is so important when you're playing north south on the top because not only do you have to worry about framing you know you don't want to make it easy for the guy to frame against your face you got to worry about errant strikes from the knees um and also you have to worry about weird new age chokes um matt you mentioned that it is technically possible to get triangled from north south it's also possible to get darsed from north south on the top oh yeah if your head is in the wrong position right if it's like in the guy's armpit it can be done if you're not paying attention to where your head and your arm are so it's very important to keep your head in a safe position um i generally like to keep it yeah kind of like i mean we keep saying this but basically over the guy's junk or over his belly button right if you don't want to be totally creepy that's right and if you think about it if you're if you're in that um that north south position like if your head is high then there's going to be space between your torso and their torso but if your head is like within sniffing range <laughs> then you're gonna have better connection and more pressure essentially down on them yeah so yeah. another another thing that can happen from the top when they're framing is like 
you know, you're going to come across eventually when you go to North South enough, you're, you're going to come across guys that are able to get their, their arms on the inside and their framing and making space. And if you give them too much time, it's just, it's just a matter of time before they, they invert into a stronger position and get their guard back. Yeah. So I find, um, just learning different ways to redirect the frames are really important. Like one of my favorite ones is the neon shoulder, because if, yes. if, if someone is framing away with their arms, you just pop up to that neon shoulder position and then you can actually pin their arm with your knee and, uh, and then you isolate that arm as a lever. So you're, you've actually progressed your attack by shutting down their, their frame. And now you're in a position where you can focus two hands on the other arm, which yeah. is really cool. So, but what, that's again, another position where you could eat a shot to the face if yeah. you're not careful. I mean, what you're really, talking about here is force vectors right when you're the person on the top usually from north south the person on the bottom is going to create a very powerful frame with their arms like almost immediately and that's going to make it hard to get at their head hard to get at their arms and if you just keep trying to pancake on top of them and use body weight it's not going to work but if you can recognize the force vector, like basically that they're they're using their arms to prop you up from the exact angle your weight is coming from, mm-hmm. again, if you just keep transitioning from side to side, it makes it very hard for them and very tiring for them to continuously match that force vector. So they yes, they might have a frame, like they might have their elbows and their forearms up right in your face, but if you keep transitioning to side control on one side and then onto the other side and then reverse knee on belly and then knee on belly they're not going to be able to match that force vector the whole time. Eventually, they're going to miss the angle, and that's when you can catch the arm and break their alignment. Yeah. In, in terms of escaping north-south, I've, should we talk about escaping? or are you going No, no. Once you get there, you're basically cooked. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> there is no escape. Yeah. It's the perfect jiu-jitsu yeah. position. Well, maybe, I mean, actually, we should do that. But maybe before we do, we could talk a little bit about some of the submission options from sure. there. I mean, of course, there is the north-south choke. Um, that is, the way that I was always taught this is, you know, once you get that, like, that north-south headlock, you basically sprawl back um, you, and you use your lats to basically drive into the guy's head. And then once you've sprawled back, you kind of walk your body to the side and make him turn away the reality is though unless you've got really big strong arms from my experience at least and you know let me know listeners if you've had a different experience from my experience if the guy taps it's probably because it was a crank but again what works works north self yeah that's what i find Maybe, i mean it can be a crank but it's also a choke yeah oh it definitely is for a lot of people i just for me that's personally my experience um but when you go up to that four corners barbecue position it opens up a lot more options and one of my favorite things to actually do is to put my knee on top of one of the guy's arms uh and then start trying to grab the other arm and that's how you kind of open up the tri- the inverted triangle from that position the right? chinese buffet the chinese buffet that's, yeah that's one of my favorites from that position yeah so yeah. effective yeah so if, if the person like starts trying to hip to one side and they put one of their arms on the floor i will basically immediately put my knee on top of that arm to pin it there and that leaves that person in the unfortunate state where they've got one arm pinned to the floor because my knee is on top of it and then i've got two hands to attack their other one hand and it man you can triangle you can you can arm bar you can wrist lock you can even do like absolutely crazy shoulder submissions from there it's a really powerful position to be in you're, you're talking about the chinese buffet right yeah 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 so what mike lee calls the chinese buffet where basically you're like you're playing the inverted triangle game from north south yeah and if you're if you're effective enough your partner gets coronavirus oh god <laughs> should we should we remind the listeners because it's been a while since we've talked about this why do we call it the chinese buffet 
Yeah, it's just I think it's just because there's so many options from there. It's sort of why. <laughs> I, I love how you guys call the inverted triangle that everyone else calls the inverted triangle. There's no confusion about the name, but you had to rename it to the Chinese buffet simply so that you could make that joke about how, well, there's so many things to choose from. I think <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. It's a Mike Lee thing. I don't know. He's he's an old school guy and he, yeah, that's what he calls it. So it's sort of stuck. <laughs> it's a pretty great name. It, it is actually. Um, yeah. And yeah, if the person does somehow bring their feet up into your face you do have the option to abandon the position and go for like toe holds and knee bars from there depending on what they do um i don't consider that to be a particularly common attack plan simply because it sort of relies on your opponent throwing your foot in their face <laughs> you know their foot in your face and you also have to kind of abandon the position to go for it but i mean if the opportunity's there you can take it you know if the guy has yeah. is, is leaving his feet unprotected you can knee bar the person from north south you can toe hold there's you know so that is a possibility that you have to be aware of mm-hmm. I, I i like when when people turtle from there because they're basically in like they have to go through a shitty una- like as gordon calls it unathletic position mm-hmm. like as they're turning and giving you their back there there's that moment where there's just they're completely open you yeah know, in 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 the gi if, if the person on top grabs that rear collar horse collar grip it's just like they it's can bad. follow you anywhere you know uh, especially if you have rolling back take back takes and things like that in your game so yeah, it really sucks. Um, it's not a great position to be stuck in on the bottom, honestly. Uh, yeah. But what, what maybe is, we should talk about that now. Maybe we should talk escapes. about, on, yeah, what do you do when you're the guy on the bottom? Because I think that's probably yeah. a very relatable situation for a lot of people, right? You, you're on the bottom in north-south. You can't see anything because there's testicles in you your face. You smell stuff. Yeah, I know. It's you're, You feel um, morally demoralized. You know, you feel like you need to take a very, very long shower and you don't know how you're going to get submitted because there's so many options. So M- Morally demoralized. <laughs> morally demoralized. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and if your partner needs a maintenance wipe, it's even way worse. <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh God, I'm having flashbacks now because I think we've all, we've all been there. This position is going to be outlawed when jujitsu comes back. We're not even allowed to like be near each other right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. What I saw Lachlan Giles show an escape recently that has basically become my, my go-to escape from North South. I mean, before my go-to would always be, you know, m- move enough until you can get your knees and elbows together. And then from there, create an inverted guard. And then from there, dig yourself out in regard. But, you know, there is times when your partner's head is just in that barbecue position. They're so low mm-hmm. that you can't really move, you know. And uh, one, one thing he does that I think is really awesome is basically he almost uses his legs um, like pendulums. And he, he brings... He, he brings his leg to the uh, to the side of his partner's head, and then he like collapses his partner's head to the ground by turning his hips to the side, and momentarily it redirects their posture away, and then from there he kind of it's almost like, I don't know what you call it. It's kind of like a fishtail movement where he moves kind of like back and forth until he can create enough movement to get his knees back to his elbows. It's a really cool escape. And it basically just, all it does is it accesses your partner's head as a lever using your legs, right? So even if, even if your arms are completely out of, out of commission, what you can do is still, you know, your opponent can't really control your legs from that position. Yeah. That is one of the things about North South that can make it hard to control as the guy on the top is you really don't have a good way to control the person's legs. And that's probably going to be related to how they eventually get out. Uh, so if I understand correctly, you're saying he's basically like kind of like penduluming his legs from one side to the other just to 
until eventually he can create the space and create the opportunity to get up and like turtle. Yeah, basically like with his thigh, he's smashing the guy in the head to the side, you know, and and you know, if you don't have a follow up movement, obviously the guy can just recenter and he's back in position, but it creates movement, right? Because in that position, I think that's that's really the 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 first step in terms of escaping is how can you create some movement to get your your frames back kind of like a you know a bad side control or something like that is how do you create that first movement and it was really interesting and it's super effective you can you can use that there's nothing stopping you from rocking your legs from one side to the other and you can actually generate a lot of like uh, like I use this term fishtail but it's like a whipping movement and when you whip your legs out like that you can actually kind of sometimes extract your your torso from under your partner's body mm-hmm. and then as soon as you get your knee elbow connection you're, you're working with a guard again so interesting interesting yeah you haven't seen it eh? no I haven't seen it uh, so yes yeah, send it to me if you've got it we can maybe even post it on social if it's uh, if it's free that's an interesting thing mm-hmm. cool. yeah it was really good yeah um, for me when it comes to getting out of north south there's kind of different options depending on what type of north-south we're talking about like if we're talking about north-south choke north-south right i mean kind of the way that a lot of people try to get out of that variant of north-south is they try to frame against the guy's head um that's also that's very predictable though and the problem with doing that is like we just discussed if the guy transitions to the side your arm might wind up getting exposed something that i do now and i i don't know if i would recommend it across the board but it's worked well for me i'll actually use my hands to cup the person's head on top so if i've got a person like if i'm on the bottom and they're north south on me in kind of the choking position so they're not in like the 69 i will it's very important you don't reach up and reach your hand around their head because you don't want to let them get control of your elbow but i keep my elbows tucked in against my ribs but i cup the back of their head with my hands and then from there there's two benefits one is everyone i train with knows i'm a sneaky little fuck so they know i'm probably (laughs) going to try to ezekiel them from the north south and they know i'll probably actually get it if they let me but the other benefit is it creates um a tracking frame like i basically if i can if i can cup the back of the person's head and keep my elbows tucked in tight i can start shrimping and hip escaping and it makes it harder and harder for them to follow me because I'm using my hands as a frame to keep their head where it needs to be. It also makes it harder for them to transition from side to side because I've, I've got their head. Uh, and then eventually from there, normally I can I can get out and turtle or, or escape in some other manner. Um, if on the other hand, the person is in the 69 position, for me, the most important thing is I know it's very tempting when the guy's like got that 69 on you to turn to your side and hip escape, but you got to be super careful doing that because if you leave your, your arm on the ground and exposed, like we just talked about when you're the guy on top, you want to be very careful of the guy putting his knee on top of your arm because once that happens, you're probably going to get submitted right away, right? Like if I, if someone is barbecuing me and I, I hip escape, yeah, I turn to my side to hip escape, but I leave my arm dangling on the ground and then they bring up their like their knee or their shin and they put it on my bicep now that arm is pinned to the ground now my other arm i can't really prevent the guy from just grabbing it and taking a kimura taking uh taking an arm bar so the important thing is if you are going to try to hip escape as the one on the bottom be mindful not to let the guy put his weight or put his knee and his shin down on top of your bicep that to me has been kind of the thing to keep in mind yeah as you're if you get your guard passed and you feel like the north south is coming just remember the person on the bottom um or the person on top the person who has the inside control is going to be usually the person who can either control the position or escape the position right so Mm -hmm. always again just talking about structures just keeping your arms close to your body and being able to reclaim knee elbow connection is kind of the name of the game here and if you get deep 
deep into the uh, north-south position, then you can use, uh, you know, the escape that um, that I referred to earlier. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe definitely. we should do a video or something on that. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should. I mean, north-south is, a, is an ultra-powerful position. That's one thing that I hope you guys have kind of got out of this chat. It's uh, it's, I think, very underutilized compared to a lot of the other positions. Uh, it is sometimes hard to finish guys from there, but it's such a powerful transition into other options. Um, and if you do keep active, it is not too difficult to break the person's alignment and get their arm or their neck exposed. So I think the mistake a lot of people make is they just go to north-south and they basically just like sit on the guy and they hope their body weight's going to be enough. But against a, a good guy, that probably isn't the case. You've got to introduce some motion and transition in order to actually open something up. Yeah. And it's just like side control. Like you can't just hold side control just because you're a big guy. Like Danaher says, you kind of need to put wedges around their body. Mm-hmm. And I think north-south is pretty much the exact same thing. You need to have wedges around your opponent's body so that it limits their, their movement um, and their ability to hip escape. And then, of course, keeping a like a mindset that's based towards transitions and movements and being prepared to stay behind the defense. That's kind of what you want to do on top. Looking yeah. to either isolate levers or expose the back or expose their head. Yeah, north-south is a great position when it comes to predictable responses because it's very easy to put your opponent in a situation where you can checkmate them. You know, there's once yeah. you've got someone in north-south, there's only so many things that they can do. You can lead them down the path to what you want based on what you do. And it gets pretty easy to kind of funnel the situation into whatever whatever you want to happen as long as you are ready for it. Um, the mistake that I think some people make is that like when the guy on the bottom is starting to frame and he's starting to get out, they try to just like be heavier and squish harder. That's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> if the guy is starting to frame and get out, you have to be ready to move to a different position. Uh, so again, that would be like reverse knee ride or knee ride or side control or something like that. So my suggestion is if you are going to add north-south as a an offensive weapon to your game one of the big benefits to it is to understand that there are some really obvious predictable responses and it's pretty easy to make your opponent make a mistake that you can then capitalize on from there mm-hmm. yeah cool that's actually a pretty good chat anything else you want to add not really. Yeah, I think that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, so this questions? is... Questions? Oh, we always have questions. We always have questions, of course. Uh, but before we do that, of course, we got we to gotta recap. We always got to recap. So on this episode, of course, we when we talked about North-South, really the big differentiator for North-South is who has alignment. If the person on the bottom is able to keep their alignment... They're probably going to be there for quite a while and they're probably going to be able to stay relatively safe. Um, That is one of the things about North-South that makes it kind of an interesting feature is it's often still possible for the person on the bottom to keep their alignment and have really, really good base. So if you're having trouble being successful from North-South, what that probably means is that you need to focus on breaking the person's alignment. Uh, Usually that means you've got to get like their, their arm or their head exposed. We talked about the elbow knee connection. So from North-South, one of the best ways to get out of that position is to try to connect your elbow and your knee together. Uh, In fact, very hard to get out if you are not able to do that. So conversely, if you're the person on top, what that tells you is that you need to put something, put a wedge between your opponent's, uh, their arm and their leg. So usually that means you're going to be wedging your elbow into their armpit, for example, and that's going to make it really hard for them to escape. We talked about inside channel control. So north-south is very much a fight for the inside channel. Uh, You always want to try to pin your opponent by putting something, again, in their armpit. Uh, That's basically the inside channel in this case. And if your opponent is able to prevent you from doing 
doing that, that's going to be how they're able to frame and that's how they're going to be able to escape. We talked about head position. So head position is super, super critical in north-south because your head is going to be, in most cases, right in front of your opponent's arms or it's going to be within striking distance of their legs or you could even expose yourself to some crazy choke. So proper head positioning is really critical in north-south and you want to make sure that you don't put your head in a position where you could get injured or could get like an elbow in the face as well as a knee. As a result, usually the safest place to put your head is to kind of keep it down low and of course keep it like right in the person's chunk (laughs) or or above their belly button if you want to be smelling range yeah if you want to be a little bit more civil um we talked about force vectors so this is a concept that rob has talked about but really i think he just stole it from grade nine physics Uh, basically the idea behind force (laughs) vectors he stole it from danaher yeah probably uh what we're talking about here is when someone is creating a frame they're creating that frame to absorb force at a certain angle and it's not effective to just drop all of your weight on top of that frame because if the angle is right they can support you all day long what you want to do is change the angle and that will render the frame inert so where this comes into play here is from north south if your opponent is shelling up and you're just they're propping you up on top of their forearms and you just can't get an arm free try transitioning change the angle change to side control knee ride reverse knee ride a lot of options from there and by doing that you'll be able to create an opening and eventually expose something and last but not least of course we talked about predictable responses Uh, one of the most powerful things about the north-south position is that there are very predictable responses to what your opponent does and their options are generally quite slim so it's pretty easy to be able to guess what they're going to do and it's pretty easy to come up with a game plan to capitalize on the mistakes that they make yeah one thing i think about the north-south position is like just from the way your bodies are aligned you kind of have like a I don't want to say bird's eye view of the situation, but you you have like a, I didn't mean it like that, but I just mean like you can, you have a perfect view of like their hips. You can see where their legs are in side control. Sometimes you don't really know where their legs are. Uh, Like, you know, they can be, if a guy's really tricky with his feet in, in terms of regarding and things like that it can be harder to stay ahead of the defense sometimes I find, but in North South, I feel like I can always, um, I always have like a play to make, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like you're at a position where, like you said, you, you basically funneling your opponent into, uh, a, a predict, um, uh, a predictable response. That's always bad. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, I, I just think that you're kind of, um, just from your orientation, you can see more from that position. <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Always that- got to make it about cox of course well that's kind of speaking of which you're gonna love this email okay so listener (laughs) writes in and yeah listener writes in and says my country is going into full lockdown on wednesday my gym has closed also fortunately my work is going to stay running as it is required for essential services plenty i can do to keep fit for when i can get back on the mats and that includes starting from episode number one again on bjj mental models of course the the best thing that you can do is to rewind right back to the first episode and spend another 70 hours of your life listening to us talk about like dicks and taints (laughs) absolutely the best use of your time wow Uh, i love you guys best banter and technical advice for bjj i have found so far in this format just learning the knee elbow connection has helped strengthen my defense big time and now i'm playing turtle a lot and i love this guy already boo yeah still a bit unsure about smashing people's taints as i'm not sure how they will take it do you ease the foot in there (laughs) i don't want to stomp baby (laughs) i don't want to knock any nutsacks and hurt anyone 
Uh, hey, they can get swept. Yeah. Anyway, have, it's a choice. Yeah. Anyway, if the world goes back to normal uh, soon, it would be great to one day come and learn some taint-based sweeps. Maybe you guys can do an online lesson during this time. Cheers, guys. You are a credit to the jiu-jitsu community. Stay safe and well. Um, awesome email. I'm all about any emails that ask about the uh, the technical aspects of taint manipulation. That is, of course, the main pro- like thesis of this show. Yeah. So I think what, what he's trying to get at is like, there's there is a degree of of course discomfort in terms of like you know using your the ball of your foot to prop someone's taint up and and push them over now i I gotta say this the way that rob describes it and the way that we have then stolen in terms of the like the nomenclature when you call it the taint sweep it sounds like the most vile thing you could ever do to someone but it's actually not so Rob put out a uh, a very easy to find YouTube video describing this. In fact, this may have been the thing that made Rob famous more than anything. Um, just Google taint sweep. Uh, actually, you know what? Google jujitsu taint sweep just so that you don't <laughs> attract any false positives that you don't want. Um, Rob Bernacki did an instructional with Stefan Kesting. There's just like a free short clip you can find on YouTube where he explains this move. Yeah, it's and, a Nogi Delahiva formula. Yeah, yeah. It's probably easier for just to go there and take a look at what we're talking about, but it's actually not as bad as it sounds. Like when we describe it, we, we make it sound like you're basically kicking the guy in the taint, but that's not exactly it. Basically what you're doing is you're like grabbing the guy's legs and controlling his legs. And then you're extending your own foot up. And that puts him in this awkward position where he's sort of like propped up on your foot, kind of like when you're riding a bicycle, you know, when you've got like a, a bicycle seat under you, except that uh, unlike with a bike, like imagine what it would be like on a bicycle if you had to sit there on the point of it. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're sitting on it and you can't use your legs. Like, in, you know, unless the bike is moving, you're going to fall over. Right. So um, that's kind of what the taint sweep is. You grab both of the guy's legs and then with the ball of your foot, like against their, their, their taint, or you could, they're even they're like a doctor. Penis, penis yeah. vagina, um, any of those genitals. <laughs> any of those genitals. Um, gooch. But you, you basically just kind of like tip the guy over. It's, it's actually, not as bad as as you would think like if you were to do this i mean it's fucking bad what do you mean it's not bad it sucks to get taints oh it it sucks but like it's not like it's gonna hurt the guy or be like most people if you do that to them unless you tell them i'm going to taint sweep you like they won't even think there's anything untoward about it they'll think it's just a regular sweep so it's actually fine from my perspective you see that sweep in so many different places like you Mm -hmm. can you could imagine that what I know the taint sweep from would be like a Delahiva position. Yeah. And then using the Kazushi that Rob mentions in his instructional, you can sort of bring the guy over top of you and then you you really drive that the ball of your foot home and extend that your Delahiva hook completely straight. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for the person on top, but it is it's it's not like they're there for a long time. Like usually they just get swept. Yeah. And it it actually doesn't from my experience, like it doesn't hurt because it's the guy is standing. Well, of course for you it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Uh, but the guy is standing up, right? So when you extend your leg, like it's not like all of that pressure is going right into his junk or anything. Like his legs are still flexible. So he's just going to fall over. It's not going to hurt anybody. I mean, it is pretty uncomfortable, especially if your partner on the bottom has like a double pant grip, which is the, the I think the most efficient way to do it. Then you're ju- you just go over like a tree basically. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then the other situation I can see the taint sweep would be in like an Ashigarami type position where you where your partner gets really high over top of your head and shoulders and then you can pummel the outside foot on the hip uh around and and go basically double taint sweep which is just absolutely <laughs> double taint sweep so like who has two taints oh i i mean like two two feet in <laughs> oh, two one, feet <laughs> two feet inside one taint uh, 
Oh, yeah, like I think I, is, is, I think that's the some people call it the kuru kuru guard. It's like you're you're basically doing like a a dick stomp on the inside. Yeah, ba- with, basically with the single leg X type position. Yeah, yeah. This is is this the same thing that Rob also calls the dick post? Yeah, I mean ba- basically these are both examples of dick posts. Yeah. So like all, when Rob is not talking about alignment, he's talking about like dick and taint based manipulation. So this is actually a really powerful strategy from X guard is if you're getting like squished in X guard, you know, you're or single leg X. So if you've got single leg X guard and Uki like hunkers down on you and they put your weight down and you just can't move them. Uh, one of the things that I know Rob has shown is you release the hook, the hook that you have on the outside and you bring it around to the inside. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so now well, that is the dick pose. Yeah. So now you've got both of your feet in between the guy's legs. And then from just, there, you basically, fire away. <laughs> yeah, you basically grab, you make sure you've got both legs grabbed and then you just let nature take its course. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen that very commonly uh, in jujitsu right now and i've heard people call it the inside hook i've heard i've, I've heard people call it the dick post i prefer dick post <laughs> it's a little bit more on the nose the, well, it's, it's a bit more on the something uh the thing i love about the dick post though is can you imagine like i've always told you and rob this like you guys probably need a better name because if you start doing that in competition and the coach is yelling out like hey go dick post dick post you know <laughs> I, I think you might get into a situation where the ref might wise on to whether or not that should or shouldn't be done no, we got to call it something that's not inappropriate that no one will know what it is. <laughs> Do the DP. Yeah. Number two. <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, my God. Cool. So we talked about a lot today. We talked about North-South. We talked about taints. We talked about the dick post. This was a very mature episode. But what do you expect out of episode 69, really? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So um, plug time. That's also very mature. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if for some reason you liked this content, <laughs> you can, of course, support <laughs> us on Patreon. That's our that's our big home base right now. So uh, as you know, of course, with the COVID-19 outbreak, Matt and I are kind of looking for anything that we can do to supplement our income. And um, I mean, so many people have supported us on our Patreon and we can't thank you enough, but definitely the more the merrier. We need to keep driving on that. Uh, we need more support there. So patreon.com slash BJJ Mental Models. Again, that's patreon.com slash BJJ Mental Models. We've got multiple tiers there. Um, if you, uh, for example, pick, go for the $5 tier, you get all of our episodes early. So as soon as I record them, you get them there. You don't have to wait for the the regular Monday schedule. If you're on the $10 tier, then in addition to that, we're going to start putting out premium content or podcast content that goes above and beyond what we talk about on the show. What we've specifically thought about so far is doing uh, very specific tactical podcasts, much like this one, actually. One of the things I would like to do is maybe do an episode on every single position and every single major submission and just talk about those in depth. But that's something that we'll probably put on the premium tier and not the regular tier. We also are probably going to start talking about competition and game planning, and that would be something we would likely put there as well. And if you want to go onto the the top tier, the $20 tier, then you'll get more direct access to us in addition to everything else already on offer you will also get the opportunity to have live q a's with us to do virtual seminars um matt and i have actually already started figuring out how we're going to do this so we started acquiring the necessary equipment to make this happen um we want to start running virtual seminars for you guys especially now when unfortunately we're all locked at home uh really anything that we can do to bring each other together and to train together i think is going to be great for all of us so we want to start doing that 
Uh, in addition to that, though, of course, if you want to learn more about what we talk about on the show, you can go to bjjmentalmodels.com. That's our website with that links off to everything, the Patreon, our store. Uh, it also has a database of all of the mental models that we talk about on this show. If you want a more detailed write-up of those concepts, you can go to bjjmentalmodels.com slash store. From there, you can buy gi patches. You can buy t-shirts. This is another great way beyond the Patreon to support the show. You can go to bjjmentalmodels.com slash join where we have a mailing list. Uh, We provide more content on the mailing list as well as show notes for these episodes here. And of course, if you want to get in touch with us, there's a contact form on the website. You can also contact us on social or follow us there to get updates. We're active on Facebook and on Instagram, and we'd love to have a follow there if you would like to. Yeah, thank you guys so much for all your contributions. Really appreciate it. And even more flattering is I think the fact that people want to dedicate this amount of time to listen to us talk. I know. I still don't even believe that that's a thing. And very flattering and very appreciative of you guys. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think now is maybe a situation where more than anything, people are looking for something to do, right? I mean, so many of our regular routines have been taking away, taken away from us, at least for a while. So man, if there's anything that we can do to fill that hole... <laughs> <laughs> this is a super Jeez. mature episode all those uh, all those bitches that were like you guys need to stop talk, making jokes <laughs> you're all gonna you're unsubscribe they're freaking out right now yeah they're all gonna unsubscribe after this episode and frankly i don't think i blame them so yeah. anyway thanks a lot guys i really appreciate it stay safe um stay indoors you know take care of yourselves take care of your families this is an unprecedented odd time but hopefully all of this drama is over soon all right guys have a good night take care